أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فعفو عنا So we continue with our discussion that we had from yesterday regarding the consequences of actions. So Moana Qamaru Zaman brings a anecdote uh, regarding the famous Sheikh uh, Moana Shah Abdul Haq Al-Muhaddith Al-Dehlawi Rahimahullah Tabarak Wa Ta'ala Shah Abdul Haq was a muhaddith of the caliber of Shah Waliullah in the generation before him or in the century before him. And, uh, you know, you see that the hikmah of Allah Ta'ala in so many different things. That Shah Abdul Haq also similar to Shah Waliullah went to the Haramain Sharifain and brought the Sanad of Hadith to the Indian subcontinent. But because the Mughal Empire and the, the rule of the Muslims was still strong at that time, his son, instead of teaching hadith after him, was appointed qadi. He was appointed judge. And so he spent his entire life in the service of fiqh, which is not a bad thing. But uh, uh, what happens is that then it sidelined the study of hadith. Whereas Ta'ala lived in the dying days of the empire. And uh, because of that, the, there's no demand for judges in the courts, uh, at least paid judges. So nowadays people who study fiqh are also Darvish people like Muhaddithin are or were back then. Uh, but in those days, if you were like the top carnivore in fiqh, you know, you could get a really powerful, politically powerful and lucrative position with the government. Uh, and so uh, you can see some hikmah and also the sukut of the dawla that the, the, uh, the, the empire falling apart means that now hadith studies are on even footing with fiqh. Uh, but at any rate, uh, Shah Abdul Haq is a very uh, important figure in the intellectual history of the Ummah uh, and in the intellectual history of the uh, of Islam in the subcontinent. So he wrote a letter to the Nawab Murtaza Khan, uh, 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 who was a dignitary uh, in the Mughal court and a paymaster during the rule of the Emperor Shah Jahan. Shah Jahan also uh, is... Uh, uh, the emperor who is known for having commissioned the, the Taj Mahal. He was a gentleman, he was a man of learning, and he was a man of uh, patronage of the arts. And uh, the British weave like a kind of a weird alt history for the Mughal Empire in which they try to portray people in, certain, in a certain light. So they portray him as, uh, as, as being kind of more of an artsy-fartsy type of person. But just because he was a man of style doesn't mean he wasn't a man of deen. Uh, rather, uh, he was a learned person. Uh, he was a learned person. He had a great amount of ilm. And even though they, uh, you know, the propaganda uh, uh, tries to paint Aurangzeb as the fanatic, uh, who is his son who takes over after him. Uh, but uh, the fact is that Shah Jahan actually imposed the, the jizya on a great number of the Ahlul Dhimma uh, during his reign, and Aurangzeb upheld it, uh, uh, the jizya that wasn't uh, enforced f from before. And uh, um, his father, Shah Jahan's father, the Emperor Jahangir, he was an illiterate man and he was kind of a ruffian. He was a really good soldier and a really solid commander, but he was a, a completely unlearned person. And uh, what happened is that Jahangir, his father, Akbar, who had, uh, who had uh, uh, 
the Mujaddid al-Thani, who we read one of his letters uh, in one of the nights uh, in, in, in Majlis. Um, Mujaddid al-Thani was in jail through the reign of, of Akbar, and he was in jail for the first part of the reign of Jahangir. Uh, and the man was complete, like, I mean, he was, he was a ruffian, he was illiterate, he was actually a, a heroin addict, not a heroin addict, I'm sorry, an opium addict. Um, but uh, he freed, he freed, during his reign, he freed Mujaddad al-Thani, and he uh, actually will take bay'ah from him, he'll take the tariq from him. And Allah knows best how much progress he made or he didn't make. But one of the things that he did in, 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 uh, in his tawbah was that he commissioned uh, Mujaddad al-Sabs to give advice and direction to the... The, the, the learning of his sons. And that's why Shah Jahan is a person who, who, who is a person of knowledge. So this uh, Nawab Murtaza Khan uh, uh, is a, a, a paymaster and a, a courtier uh, during the reign of Shah Jahan. In his letter, he wrote three pieces of advice, uh, uh, one of which was uh, be mindful of con the consequences of action. So this Nawab Murtaza Khan wrote a letter asking for advice from Shah Abdul Haqq al-Muhaddith al-Dihlawi rahimahullah. And so he, uh, uh, he, he gives him the advice of being mindful of the consequences of action. Uh, Mawana Kamar Zaman writes, I feel it would be appropriate to quote the entire letter for further uh, enlightenment. Uh, uh, but uh, I'll just suffice with, 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 with this part. That he writes to him uh, that you should develop a genuine quest. What does this mean? This is a, an interesting wording. It's almost strange. What does it mean? Develop a genuine quest. This word quest is the same word that uh, uh, Arbery translates uh, in the... Uh, uh, and this is, mashallah, the, thanks to Mulana Tamim. He, he shared this with me uh, some time ago. That Arbery translates, إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ The last ayah of, uh, of the Surah Al-Inshirah. He says, وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ that uh, let your desire be to to your Lord. Arbery translates that verse as uh, let and unto unto uh, God may your quest be or let your quest be, meaning it's what you desire. Now I'm not like a, an expert in in Romance languages. You speak Spanish, don't you? Somewhat. Uncalca. Yeah. So you just came back from Cuba, Cuba right? Yeah. So uh, 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 right, querer in, in in Spanish means what? It means to, like to desire something, yeah. to want something, right? Um, uh, even, even for example, if you say to, if you say to someone, I'm told in, in Italian, if you say like, te amo, what you would say, I love you in Spanish, you don't say that to your children, it's like inappropriate, you say, se caro, te caro, uh, that from the same querer, right, that it's something you want, querer means to desire something, to want something, to wish for something, to hope for something, uh, so to develop your genuine quest, it actually translates very well with, with, uh, that let your quest be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that a genuine desire and love that you should, uh, Allah should be pleased with you and that you, you should uh, bring your life into, uh, uh, in, into, into a, a form that Allah is pleased with. That, that should be your quest and genuinely you should, you should love it and desire it and develop that and cultivate that in your heart. The second is be vigilant about the consequences of actions. Be vigilant that, that none of your deeds that you do are without, without consequence. Even if Allah forgives you for everything at the end of the day, still it's gonna, there's going to be some sort of consequence for the action. And it's really, I mean, weird. It happens in weird ways. People who are not familiar with the system don't think about how it's going to end up. So I'll share with you, mashallah, one of the many stupid things that, 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 that I come across in the day, mashallah. I'll share a little bit with you, mashallah. I've been trying to, trying to 
transcend all of this type of stuff in Ramadan, but, uh, you know, sometimes it just catches up with me, probably because of my own actions and deeds. Uh, uh, but uh, someone told me, frustrated, they said someone texted me, uh, 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 you know, that somebody in some group that they're in, family group or whatever on WhatsApp, which, anyhow, without going there. Uh, he says, he says that someone texted me, Imam Ghazali R.A. was a great scholar, but unfortunately his views against Greek philosophy were extreme. And they were uh, uh, to mean, uh, they mean no education, interpreted to mean no education other than the Quran. But the Quran asks us to ponder, uh, asks us over and over to ponder and research. So he says, what should I say to this man? I said, I don't know. What do you, what do you want to say to this, such a person? Right? I, I, I wrote to him. I wrote them. I promise you that two things. One, this man doesn't know Arabic. And B, he's never read Ghazali before. And so this exhortation of, you know, Allah exhorts us over and over again to research. That has to do with everything except for with Islam. Uh, mashallah. But, uh, uh, you know, I just I sent him back. I said, uh, here's a quote. You can give this guy a quote uh, from Ghazali to back up his, his theory that Ghazali said, I hate Greek salad, Greek yogurt and Greek pastries and most of all Greek philosophy. And you can tell Plato to shove it up his republic. Uh, uh, but that wasn't Abu Hamid al-Ghazali. That was Ghazali uh, bin Baz Jenkins from the 73rd Street <laughs> Masjid in Philly. Uh, but why is this relevant to why is this relevant to what we're talking about right now? Okay, these types of things, a person should really be scared of them. Okay, a person doesn't read Ghazali, a person doesn't read Arabic. Okay, Ghazali is a great scholar, and now because they heard some kafir or some fasik or munafik like say something stupid about Ghazali that somehow Ghazali like, told people not to study science, which is completely patently untrue. Um, now, this person has a, a, a complete like idea in his head. That has nothing to do with reality. It's like the person imagined a pink elephant tap dancing on the moon. But unlike with imagining a pink elephant tap dancing on the moon, this is actually, you're saying he's backbiting one of the awliya of Allah Ta'ala and one of the great ulama of the ummah, the consequences of which are far more bitter with Allah Ta'ala than, than, than thinking about a pink elephant tap dancing on the moon, even though both of them are equally disconnected with reality. These are when we, you know, we were talking about yesterday and yesterday's majlis, what are the that certain sins will open the door to, uh, you know, Allah giving you certain other actions. Certain sins open the door to greater sins and certain good deeds open the door to other great de good deeds and certain sins close the door to certain good deeds. These types of things, I see them happening with people. I'm like, yeah, Allah, what, what would a person do? Like, it's better just to go out and have a beer or something like that. What did a person do that, that made them, uh, 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 you know, subject to such a sin in which there's no benefit, no enjoyment, no uh, truth, no understanding, and so, so much punishment, and just so much, like, compounded stupidity, jahl, like, you know, jahiliya is what, what they called the era before Islam, just jahl, like, murakab, so much, like, like a sandwich made out of, like, four, four or five different types of organic certified hand-slaughtered halal advocates, jahl. Uh, uh, why, why does that happen? So a person, okay, so he says, be vigilant about the consequences of your actions. And the third piece of advice is what? Is that if you want to follow your deen correctly, then you have to make tatbiq between two things. You have to have a good inner state and a good outer state. Don't be one of those like, well, don't judge me. Allah knows what's in my heart. As if you're assuming that your inside is good. Why? Because the outside is a manifestation of what's on, on the inside. Uh, uh, and the inside is affected by what happens on the outside. And there may be a gap, a lag between them. You know, maybe someone may be doing something bad right now, but they're actually a good person. Or maybe someone may look good outside, but they're actually a bad person. But the, the lag, it's not, there's no, it's not disconnect. It's just a lag. 
you know. So you, uh, you're following the sunnah means what? That outwardly you should, you should seek to be good while you're uh, seeking to be good inwardly, and uh, uh, you know, and, and not not to ignore either one. So he writes, a quest overtakes and overwhelms a seeker in such a way that nothing can stop him from reaching his objective, uh, his objective and his wish. That's the, the quest that you should develop in your heart for Allah Ta'ala. His enthusiasm and restlessness reach such a level that even if all the intelligentsia of the world were to get together and tell him that it's impossible for him to realize his objective and, and it, that it is difficult for him to acquire it, he pays no heed to them whatsoever. It's what I want, it's what I want. It's what I want, it's what I want. Throw a fit. Uh, you know, Elon Musk wants to like, I don't know, you know, make a way to get to the moon for like $10,000. So he's going to gather ridiculous sums of like venture capital in order to make it happen. Someone probably told him this is a dumb idea and he doesn't care. What's the point of going to the moon? There's not even any air over there. What, are you going to throw a rock at somebody? Like, what are you going to do over there? But he wants to do it. And so even 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 a fundamentalist, backwards, anti-Greek philosophy, uh, uh, Ghazali brainwashed Mulvi like myself, has to admire that, look, mashallah, he wants to go to the moon so bad. And look, look at how much resources he's able to marshal or someone like that is able to marshal in order to make it happen. Right? And that's for something stupid. Right? Someone's like, oh, look, you know, going to the moon isn't stupid. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's great, right? But it's not going to like, you know, it's not going to solve the problems of the world. It's a cool thing at most. This is the khair of the, the dunya and the khair of the akhirah. This will actually solve the problems of the, of, of, of the world. This will actually uh, result in an increase in the quality of life in this world and the hereafter for black people and white people and brown people and old people and babies and uh, uh, Muslims and non-Muslims. And, it, you know, it will be good for the environment and for the trees and for the air and for the water and for the animals. There's a lot of khair in it. So why should a person take no for an answer? When people tell you it's not, it's not, it's not practical, it's not practical, why should you take no for an answer? Why should you take, a, take no for an answer? What is your, the point of living? If you don't get what you want, then what's the point? What is success in anything else if you don't get what you want? So this is a person should develop the quest such that it overtakes and overwhelms them. Uh, and in such a way that no, nothing can stop them from reaching their objective and their wish. Enthusiasm and restlessness should reach such a level that even if all the world were to get together and tell the person it's impossible to realize the objective and that it is difficult to acquire it, the person pays no heed to them whatsoever. Mona Qamar Zaman continues, he says, There's no place whatsoever for idleness. Do whatever you can. Do not consider any action to be insignificant. Allah Most High has an app appointed a reward for every action. Don't, 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 uh, 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 don't consider any action to be insignificant. And this is also in the ayah before that in the Surah Al-Inshirah, Farahta Fansab, right? That uh, when you're done with one type of struggle, then, then, then occupy yourself with the prayer. Uh, meaning what? Even good deeds, a person tires out from them, so switch between them separately. But don't waste time. Don't waste time. And this is one of the things people have trouble understanding, right? If you can't pray all the time, then pray as much as you can. And then after that, read the Quran. If you can, And then after that, fast. And then after that, go earn your living. That's like a useful thing. And in your earning your living, you'll charge yourself up for the prayer again. You know, go work out. Go do something useful. This is one of the things, right? People, people are like, oh, look, you know, like uh, the dean is going to kill all your fun or whatever, right? The thing, that, the thing that the dean stops a person from enjoying, the dean doesn't stop a person from enjoying. The thing the, person, the dean stops a person from enjoying is a completely waste of time. Games that, that you can't win except for through chance. Playing fantasy football and rolling dice at stuff and like those type of games. Those are haram. Why? Because there's no benefit in them whatsoever. 
right? That's why the ulama, they, they differentiated between backgammon and between chess. At least chess, you develop some sort of skill in it, right? It's a type of enjoyment, but you win through skill rather than winning through, winning through chance. Um, and so then think about what does it mean that people watch TV for hours? What does it mean that people, you know, uh, uh, would rather watch a basketball play game than play basketball? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, the playing, playing the game, actually, there's some benefit in it. Watching the game, there's not so much benefit in, in it at, at all, you know? Uh, and I'm sorry if it upsets people. I'm not trying to be holier than thou. I also do stupid things. Like, I sometimes spend, like, an hour, I don't know, picking the callus off the bottom of my foot or something stupid like that. And people do things that are dumb, but you shouldn't be proud of them, you know? And as Muslims, we should be, we should get to a point where, okay, fine, if someone's, like, just new to the deen, you don't have to, like, tell them, you know, basketball's a waste of time and kill them and, like, drive them away. But... At the same time, there should be a point where someone can say, this thing has a point, this thing doesn't have a point. And so what, what does he mean? He says, do not consider any action to be insignificant. Even when you got to rest, even when you got to relax, even when you got to take it easy because you can't be in like hyper, like full Sufi mode 24 hours a day yet. Uh, uh, you know, still like choose your relaxation um, wisely. Why? Because nothing that you do has has, uh, 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 ha, you know, is insignificant and nothing that you do has uh, uh, no uh, consequence. Everything has some consequence and you'll feel that consequence. Allah Most High has appointed a reward for every action. Allah Ta'ala says that whoever does an iota of good shall see it. He translates mithqal as iota. Uh, in the marketplace, the mithqal is the, 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 the weight of a... a, 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 a a uh, uh, dinar, so it's something like what, four, like four grams, slightly less than four grams, which is not a lot, right? So whoever does a little, like a, a small, like, you know, like whatever a nickel worth or a quarter worth of of good, he'll see the good for, from it, and whoever does that small amount of evil, the person will see the the evil from it. So Mu'ana Qamar al-Zaman then continues, he says, Shaykh Hakim al-Ummah, Mu'ana Ashraf Ali Tanwi, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, also wrote a book on the subject of recompense. It is titled Jaza'ul A'mal, The Recompense of, deed, of Deeds. Uh, and it is a most comprehensive work. We, we would like to quote its introduction and some sections from its first chapter. And uh, Mu'ana Ashraf Ali Tanwi, we mentioned him before, Hakim al-Ummah, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, uh, one of the most prolific, uh, both in his authorship and in the people that he produced. Uh, so to know why is he relevant to you and me uh, today. Um, the first Shaykh al-Islam of the Islamic Republic was a Khalifa of Hazrat Tanwi in the Tariq uh, and a disciple of his, Moana, uh, uh, Moana Shabir Ahmad Uthmani, rahimahullah wa ta'ala, a man who was, so, uh, who was so well thought and well spoken that the largely uh, secularist Muslim League, uh, who uh, who was uh, the inheritors of of uh, of Pakistan when it was made, um, they they by consensus and by the special request of uh, of the uh, uh, first uh, president of Pakistan, uh, uh, Muhammad Ali Jinnah Al Mulaqab Bi Qaid Azam, the 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 great leader. Uh, he not only appointed him, despite being a man who never, he was a secular person. He was born into a, 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 uh, a, a Magian family, a Zoroastrian family in, in, in uh, I believe in Gujarat or in Bombay. And he uh, converted to being an Ismaili. His family converted to Ismaili Shiaism. And, uh, but he was so impressed with this uh, uh, 
with this uh, this Sheikh Moana Shabir Ahmed Osmani that uh, after that he would stop uh, all of his sectarian uh, self-identification and when someone would ask him what are you he'd say I'm a Muslim and when they'd press him for a sectarian uh, uh, whatever affiliation he would say that I'm whatever this Mulvi Shabir Ahmed is this is the thing I follow and uh, uh, he actually gave wasiyah that he should uh, lead his janazah uh, 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 and uh, uh, they say that he 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 was otherwise until until the point of partition uh, almost unfamiliar with even the salat itself, but he was uh, so impressed with uh, this Mulana Shabir Ahmed, Mufti Shafi, who was the Sheikh of Islam after him, uh, uh, is also one of the Khulafa and the disciples of Hazrat Tanri. Mufti Shafi is the father of Mufti Taqi Usmani and Mufti Rafi Usmani, two of the modern uh, uh, experts uh, uh, and. Uh, Maraja of fiqh in the world. Um, who else? Moana Qari Tayyib, who is the uh, Sheikh of Sheikh Amin. Uh, uh, the one about whom, if you ask Sheikh Amin, I remember one time I asked about about him. I didn't even ask about him, I mentioned him. He, he sometimes, when I used to work at Dar al Qasim, like we would go together for bayan oftentimes. And so uh, if someone asked to introduce Sheikh Amin, says Hamza will do it. So I, I, I one time I, I had the good fortune or making the mistake of, uh, of introducing Sheikh Amin. And I said that he's, mashallah, he's the tadkira of our akabir, mashallah. He studied from people like Mulana Qari Tayyib. And so Sheikh Amin got up and he said Qari Tayyib's name and then he started crying. And me and Mulana Bilal looked at each other like it's so awkward. Like from all the ulama, some of them, mashallah, their eyes are like rivers. Mulana Amin is not the guy who cries all, you know, like very few people have seen it happen. And so we're just like, oh my God, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he, he uh, 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 he's also from the Khulafa of Hazrat Tanvi. Uh, um, a number of our Mulana Aziz in, in Elgin is the his his Sheikh is also from the Khulafa of Hazrat Tanvi Mulana Siddiq Ahmed Bandawi Rahimahullah Tabarak wa Ta'ala and so on so on so forth. Many people who we didn't name because it's going to take up all the time but a very prolific uh, scholar. And he was uh, one of those type of people that just, he wrote so many uh, simple works and uh, he would just write a comment off the cuff on something and that itself, then one of his students will turn it into another multi-volume work. Uh, 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 he's, a, he's a man of very deep insight. Allah subhanahu wa Introduction to Jazal A'mal, the recompense of deeds. Actions are causes of reward and punishment. This is mentioned in the Quran under various themes. In some places, action is specified as a prerequisite and consequence of recompense. Allah Ta'ala said in Surah Al-A'raf, and when they exceeded the limits in that which they were prohibited, we decreed that you become like apes detested. Uh, that you become apes, masq, that you become apes and become detested. It is clear from the above that they received this punishment because of their transgression. Allah Most High said, فَلَمَّا أَسَفُونَ تَقَمْنَا مِنْهُمْ He said, when they, when they displeased us, when they upset us, we exacted vengeance from them. وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ And this is, this is uh, it's very scary that entire civilizations were destroyed. And that happens in this world every now and again, just so we can take a lesson. The actual destruction is going to happen in the hereafter. 
the destruction of this world is scary in this world is scary enough Allah Ta'ala this happens S cyclones like I read just yesterday like whatever weird like uh, uh, tornadoes hitting Indiana and 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 Ohio entire like multi apartment complexes are completely leveled um, and we don't you know we don't take heed from it we don't take a lesson from it uh, it happened and it still happens in Yom Al-Qiyamah the destruction is going to be even more uh, horrifying Allah Ta'ala says, فَلَمَّا آسَفُونَ انْتَقَمْنَا مِنْهُمْ That when they, when they, when they, when they, when they uh, upset us, we uh, exacted vengeance from them. This clearly shows that displeasing Allah Most High is the cause of the revenge being taken. Allah Ta'ala says, إِن تَتَّقُوا اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَكُمْ فُرْقَانًا وَيُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ If you fear Allah Ta'ala, He will, uh, uh, he will uh, decree in your favor and He will expiate your sins. Uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Al-Jinn Had they remained steadfast on the path Literally on the tariqah uh, We would have given them uh, abundant water to drink uh, That he talks about the, the disbelievers That if they repent and establish the prayer uh, And uh, pay their zakat uh, then they become your brothers in deen. In some places, Allah Most High uses the Basabiya, the letter Ba, which is to show that one thing is the reason for the other. Thalika uh, bima qaddamat aidikum. This this is what because of those actions that your hand set forth. Bima kuntum ta'amalun. Because of those things that you used to do. Thalika bi annum kafaru bi ayatina. That is because they disbelieved in our signs. And in some places, Allah Most High uses the fa of, sa of sababiya, the fa indicate, indicating consequence. فَعَصَوْا رَسُولَ رَبِّهِمْ عَفْوًا فَأَخَذَهُمْ That they disobeyed the messenger of their Lord, uh, uh, and so Allah, uh, Allah seized them. فَكَذَّبُوا بِهِمَا فَكَانُوا مِنَ الْمُهْلَكِينَ and they belied uh, uh, our, uh, uh, they belied the two of them, meaning Sayyidina Musa and Sayyidina Harun alayhimu salam. Uh, and because of that, they became the destroyed. In some places, the words lola, had it not been, uh, are used also to indicate causality. فَلَوْلَا أَنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُسَبِّحِينَ لَلَبِثَ فِي بَطَنِهِ إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ يُبْعَثُونَ uh, and it's mentioning about Sayyidina Yunus السلام, that had he not been amongst those who uh, glorify uh, the transcendence of Allah Most High, he would have remained in the belly of the whale until the Day of Judgment. This uh, clearly shows that he was released on account of his glorification of Allah Most High. Sometimes the word low is used to indicate causality. Had they uh, 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 performed that which they were advised to uh, do or that they were commanded to do, it would have been better for them. Uh, in all of the above verses, uh, we see explicit demonstration that there's a definite relationship between actions and recompense. That the idea that a person is just kind of like floating around in their, in their life uh, as the object of stuff that's happening to them rather than uh, in control of how their life is going, um, it, it seems it seems to be uh, it seems that that's not a complete uh, you know that's not a, com a completely correct way of looking at things, uh, and so this is the the opening uh, salvo from this uh, uh, from this work. We'll read more from it, uh, inshallah, in the coming nights. Uh, and so he he, he writes this uh, uh, introduction, and then he writes his name Muhammad Ashraf Ali. 
Uh, and so Mawlana Qamar Zaman will quote from the book a, a little bit more in some details that he'll put some details with regards to regards to how, how the mechanics of the law of recompense works. But, uh, you know, let a person know that, that the, the aqidah of the Ahl Sunnah al-Jama'ah is, is, is to reject outright qadar and outright jabr and to chalk a path out in the middle of them. That we don't believe in hard predetermination to the point where uh, where everything is written and we're just like innocent vi victims that are kind of going to a destiny that we have no choice in. And at the same time, we also don't believe that I create my own actions, Allah Ta'ala doesn't create them. Allah Ta'ala knew everything that was going to happen before it happened and He decreed everything to happen and things go according to His decree. But uh, 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 when He judges us, He judges us not based on His decree but based on our own choices. And He doesn't judge us based on His knowledge but He judges us based on our knowledge. And he uh, uh, doesn't judge us based on his will, but he judges us based on our will. And he did create a will for e each and every one of us. And he did create knowledge in each and every one of us. And, uh, uh, you know, instead of worrying about whether it's fair or not fair that he choose what he cho chose, we should be more worried about what we choose. And is it fair or not fair that we choose what we choose? Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make these uh, nights those in which we're forgiven for our sins and that the doors of, uh, of evil are closed to us, and that we do good deeds such that the doors of good are open to us, and, uh, you know, whatever isn't forgiven yet, Allah Ta'ala, forgive us. Allahumma innaka afuun, tuhibbal afu fa'afu anna. Forgive us uh, so that we can take more benefit and take take more benefit from what's left from our lives and from what's left from these Mubarak days and nights of Ramadan and make us from amongst those who are forgiven and accepted and who Allah Ta'ala decrees that He's pleased with us. Allah Ta'ala, give us the deeds of those who He loves and protect us from the deeds of those who He hates. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Uh,